Hey everyone, Steve Kim here. I want to welcome you to episode number three of the Be Great, Be Kind Steve Kim podcast experience. I'm so excited because today I have a little bit more of a plan. We're going to delve into the three C's and you may say, well, Steve, what are the three C's? The three C's for today are going to be condos, commissions, and compassion. But before I start, I want to send a special uh, shout out to him. Not a special shout out. Um, just something that I've been meaning to say um, in my previous podcast is that I love my wife so much. A huge, huge thank you for all of your support. The late nights, the weekends, everything. So thank you so much. I love you so much. So let's get right into it. Condo. So this is a very, very interesting topic because we always hear about the red hot condo market, right? Toronto, York region. If you bought a condo in the past few years, even if you're renting a condo uh, in the past little while, you just know how frenetic it's been. Pre-construction condo projects are selling at like record paces. I stood in a line for almost three hours in Vaughan, Jane and Highway 7, so that my clients could hopefully get a transit city for allocation. And it was incredible. There must have been like 2,000 agents there. We were just kind of like waiting in line like cattle and they were herding us in like, you know, big groups at a time to do their presentation, get the price list. And the building sold at almost almost 500 units sold it in less than 24 hours. And they quickly launched Transit City 5. And they're sold out, essentially, right? I don't actually know 100% of TC5 sold out, but my inclination is I know there are thousands of deal sheets that went in for TC4. Anyone who didn't go there is obviously going to go to TC5. So I would absolutely suspect that TC5 has sold out. So pretty frenetic, pretty crazy, but I have the numbers in front of me because I'm a big numbers guy, big numbers nerd. So that average condo in Toronto, March 2016, was trading just over 416,000. 2017, just over 550,000. 2018, just over 590,000. And in March 2019, yep, it broke the $600,000 mark barrier. The average condo in Toronto, March 2019, was trading at $603,969. That bananas, that's over, like, think about it. That's that's over half a million dollars, plus another $100,000, which is crazy for a condo in Toronto. Well, let's take a look at York Region. York Region, that average condo back in March 2016 was trading just over 374,000. March 2017, over half a million dollars, 500,456. March 2018, 504,000. March 2019, just over $532,000. So absolutely York Region, you have captured that appreciation of the downtown core because the downtown core, for some people, it's become so expensive, they've been priced out that they have no choice but to look up in York Region. And guess what? I don't think York Region is like, you know, a, the second place or, you know, the forever bridesmaid or maid of honor. York Region beautiful. It's wonderful. I live in York Region. I have investment properties in York Region. York Region is wonderful. But that's just to show you how quickly the appreciation has gone up from 2016 up to 2019. And if you've been an investor, right, I wouldn't even say a savvy investor. You just kind of knew what was happening in the market. You maybe kind of rolled the dice, right? Because I know some investors, that's what they did back in 2016. They're like, hey, Steve, you know what? I just want to get one because I think the con economy market's going up. And, you know, as much as I inform them, right, with any investment, there's risk. Right? There's, there is absolutely risk. And if, you have, if you're an agent or a real estate consultant or advisor, by the way, I love that word, real estate advisor. I think I'm going to change my name to you know, Stephen Kim, real estate advisor, because that's what we do. Anyways, that's the sidebar. But if you invested, you caught that tremendous appreciation 
You're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars in the span of like less than four years, which is ludicrous. But again, you need to be able to prep, you know, your clients and future investors that this is kind of the risk, right? There is absolutely risk. There is no guarantee that this is going to work out, right? But you just got to, you got to educate them throughout the way. Now, what I do want to talk about is because it's appreciated so high, the average rent in Toronto has also skyrocketed, right? I leased a condo last year, 44 St. Joseph Street, one bedroom in den. The building's like 22 years old. We we got into a crazy, crazy bidding war. We had 11 offers within the first 48 hours. And out of the 11 offers within 48 hours, we had four of them come in full. And what I mean by full is they prepaid the whole year up front, which is insane. So I just pulled a stat um, and the average rent, the average rent in Toronto, one bedroom average rent in Toronto is hovering around $2,300. And I know for some people who live well outside the GTA, that's greater than what you're paying right now in mortgage. Now the average two bedroom condo in Toronto, the rent is around $2,800. Because the rent rental rates are so high right now, a lot of people are now starting to consider, you know what, I may actually just go buy a property. And when I buy a property, at least I'll own something and I'll be paying down my own mortgage as opposed to the, you know, the old saying, if you're renting, you're paying someone else's mortgage, right? So for maybe a little bit of extra money, I may be actually be able to afford my own place. Now, that being said, if you're living in the core, that's gonna either be, you're gonna get a much smaller space, right? For whatever rent you're paying right now and you're contemplating on you know, buying something and you wanna stay in the core, that may mean that you're gonna move into something smaller or you're gonna move a little bit further away, right? And those are gonna be the sacrifices that you'll have to make. Because one of the things I want you to pay attention to is a lot of people say, yeah, you know what you're paying for? What you're paying in rent is the same thing as what you could be paying to own the property. I don't know about that because don't forget, these are some of the other associated costs when you buy something. Number one, your mortgage, right? So mortgage and rent, they could even out. On top of that is the maintenance fees, the property tax, your utilities, the land transfer tax and closing costs right? Like the lawyer fees and things like that. So you got to really pay attention to all of that. So have your realtor really sit down with you and break down all the numbers. And if you don't want to call a realtor, Google it, Google that stuff. It's there for you. All the closing costs, you know, kind of the general closing costs, take a look at it. But again, for some people, they may say, they may say, well, you know what? I'm okay to go up a little bit more as long as I have something, as long as I can call something my own. So I 100% understand that. And that's why another, that's what, that's a big reason why a lot of renters are starting to enter into the buyer's market. So, but just make sure that you're planning for that. And guess what? There, it's okay to rent too. I'm not on here to tell you that, yep, you have to buy, you have to buy. No, if you want to rent, then rent. You like the quality of your lifestyle the way it is now. You have fixed expenses as in terms of you kind of know what your rent is going to be every year. It's only going to go up X amount every single year. Then rent. A rent if that's if that works for you, right? Which is great. Um, so let's get into the second C, commissions. Now, I actually sat with, <laughs> excuse me, a first-time home buyer. And one of the things uh, we were talking about is she said, yeah, well, you know what? Uh, I, I want to use an agent because I know that I don't have to I don't have to pay you as the buyer's agent. I don't have to pay you any commission. And I said, whoa, who told you that? And she was like, oh, no, no. Like a lot of my friends who bought in the past, they said, you know what? We don't pay the commission. And I said, well, you're right. You just don't pay out of pocket. Like I actually don't collect any money directly from you for the services rendered. 
and helping you find a beautiful property. But I said, don't forget, whatever you end up offering on a property, that offer price, when the seller and, the, and their agent receives it, they'll take into consideration that offer price and the net proceeds that the seller will actually walk away with. And the net proceeds that they'll walk away with, they also factor into expenses. And one of those expenses are commission. So if you're offering on a property, the seller looks at that price and they say, okay, you know what? Here's the price, let's minus commission, let's minus staging and photography, you know, if, if the seller had to pay for that and other closing costs. And then from there, they're like, okay, these are my net proceeds. So I told her, I said, I don't ever want you thinking you don't pay commission. You just don't pay out of pocket. You never transfer the money directly to my brokerage for commission. But whatever you offer, part of that price is absolutely, sorry, they are the seller's absolutely factoring commission into that. So just know that. Another thing about commission. I've gone on listing appointments this year and I've lost listing appointments, right? And that's okay. Why? Because I know what my time is worth. So if you're one, if you're a property owner and the only, the only focus for you is going to be, I need an agent who's going to produce their commission so much so that it nets me the most amount of money. Awesome. I may not be the right agent for you because I know what my time is worth. I know what my value is. I know what my value proposition is. Now, don't get it twisted. Do you think that I never reduce commission? No, I have reduced commission, right? Because if I was to stand here in front of you, in front of a group of people and be like, yeah, I never reduce my commission, X, Y, Z. Well, you know what? I don't think that that would do much for my big push and you getting to know that I'm not in this for the money, right? It just, it just happens to be a profession that can be quite lucrative, but I'm not in it for the money, right? So do I reduce my commission? On a case-by-case -case basis, and I have done it. And my example is my most recent sale in Richmond Hill, buyer came to me, he saw the video on Facebook, then went to realtor.ca, then came to the open house and said, Steve, this is what my family can afford, X amount of dollars. Now, whether he was lying to me or not, we connected. Father to father, we connected. His two kids were the same age as my two kids. It's within, it's, it's, it's in the same neighborhood as the home, as where I live. And I could just see us actually hanging out, having our kids like hang out at the water park on, the, in, on a hot summer day. That pulled at my emotional heartstrings. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. Because he's like, I don't want any other agent helping me out on this because I want to use you. You're the person that I trust. And I said, the only way that this deal could ever get done is if I actually take no buyer's commission. So it would be zero buyer's commission. The seller pays me the 2.5% and we can get this deal done. And did I have to do that? No. And why did I not have to do that? Because the offer, the firm offer came in two days. And the average days on market for a property like this is anywhere between 42 to 47 days. But I did it and it was the best feeling I ever had. And my seller was like, are you serious? Like, you're doing this and you're not gonna take any commission from the like the buyer side and said, because it's all about making you and making the buyer happy. Both sides win here. And that's truly what it is. Both sides win and both sides are happy. So me reduce the commission, yeah, I do do it, but on a case by case basis. I absolutely am not a discount agent in that my only value proposition like I hear from some other like some other agents in the industry is like list with me because I'm going to do it for 1% and you're going to get X, Y, and Z. 
again, you've heard this before, you get what you pay for. You absolutely get what you pay for. And my example for that is these crazy windstorms that we've had in the past year, I called the cheapest roofer to come and fix some of the shingles on my house because they flew off. Six weeks later, we had another windstorm, and guess what? Those same shingles that were supposedly replaced flew off again. The next thing that I did, I went on Homestars and I looked at the highest reviewed, the best reviewed and highest reviewed roofing companies, and I called them, and guess what? Yes, they were more expensive, and we've had many windstorms after the fact, and those shingles are still holding strong. So thank you so much. So again, that whole adage of you get what you pay for is super, super important. And you know, if you're still holding true to that, you know what, I only value an agent's, you know, time and energy, motivation, marketing, expertise, professionalism and negotiation at X percent commission and you're holding true to that, okay, that's your choice at the end of the day. And you know what, you will find someone, you will find someone who will absolutely reduce that commission. So I wanted to speak a little bit about that. So I'm not sure if that was too, too much of a, of a, of a rant. Um, okay, last thing, compassion. <laughs> compassion is huge, huge, huge for me. This whole notion of compassion is firmly rooted in everything that I do, That this, this pay it forward. And if you were ever a student in my class, absolutely, you knew when Mr. Kim dusted off that pay it forward DVD and we watched it and the tears came and you loved the movie even though it was so old because you understood the message. Pay it forward is so, so important. And from the day, day one when I got my real estate license, I vowed that every transaction that I dealt with, that I successfully closed on, a portion of that commission would go to the registered charity of your choice. And just the looks that I would get from clients turned friends who were just like, really? That, that's such a phenomenal thing to do. But it's helping people. So us as realtors, we have to show people that we care. We have to show people that we're compassionate to other people in our community, the sense of building a community, you know, changing our reputation in this industry, right? Because we don't have a good reputation at all, but we need to change that. We need to do a better job at changing that, showing people that we care, showing people that we care about the community so much so that it's not just a transaction and we leave, but we're invested into the community. We're invested into making the area the nicer and better, whether it's supporting local charities, spending some time at um, volunteering, but using what we have, resources and time to, to do better and to make better communities and relationships and reputations. So over here I have Sick Kids and Sick Kids is incredibly, incredibly near and dear to my heart. I have everything to owe to Sick Kids. Everything in my life I owe to Sick Kids. Um, a few years ago, a few years ago, my daughter, Jordan, um, got really, really sick. And we, we, we didn't know what it was. And um, we uh, took her to wa a wa couple of walk-in clinics. And, uh, you know, they, persistent high fever and everything. And on day five, we went to emergency. And we sat in the emergency room. And... People just kind of kind of kept coming in, and my daughter kept kind of getting bumped down the queue, bumped down the queue, bumped down the queue. I don't know if she got bumped down, but just kind of held there, as people who were considered more urgent kept being seen before her. 
And I just remember calling my brother and being like, what do I do now? And my brother was like, you got to go to SickKids. You got to, got to go to SickKids. And I probably made it from Richmond Hill down to SickKids in absolutely less than half an hour. Like without a doubt, I remember that. And the next week of my life was absolute hell, was the worst week of my life. Because you know I'm a father first and foremost, and I love my kids so much, so dearly, and the staff and the nurses and the doctors did such an incredible job. And I remember not sleeping a, like a, an ounce, and they just did a phenomenal job, and they helped my daughter. They, they made my daughter... They made my daughter better, and for that, I have everything to owe to sick kids. So that's why I will always support sick kids in every capacity that I can. And why I do what I do is because of this. So anyways, <laughs> that's compassion, right? So condos, commission, and compassion, and sick kids. And I will always continue doing everything in my power to make this community better. I'm going to end it here. As always, be great, be kind, everyone. Have a fantastic week. Take care.